Um, there's a story I was going to tell you my first Sunday I came, but I didn't know you, so I decided not to. But um, I'm going to tell you today because I have a little time. But there was this young man who went to seminary, and um, he spent three years. He was getting ready to graduate, and he had learned all this stuff. He was so excited. He knew all this stuff. And the whole time, he had never gotten a chance to preach. And so finally, his home church um, invited him to, to preach one Sunday morning. And he was so excited because like, he had three years of all the stuff he had learned, all this he wanted to share, and he was just, he was excited. And so he, he, the Sunday morning came, and he got his turn, and he stood up here, and he was preaching, and it seemed like it was going a little long, and people was kind of looking at their watch, and it was like about 12, 15, and he said, and now for my second point of this 10-point sermon. <laughs> and when the clock rolled around about a quarter to one, 10 to one, it was, uh, you know, they had a, a traditional service. They had a choir behind him. And uh, this gentleman in the choir, he just couldn't take it anymore. So he picked up a hymnal and he threw it as hard as he could at the back of his head. And just as he did, the young man moved and it went by and it hit this elderly gentleman on, sitting on the front row right between the eyes. And he fell out on the floor and everybody ran over to see if he was okay. And the preacher jumped down and ran over to him and he said, are you all right? Are you all right? And the, the old gentleman opened one eye just a little bit, and he said, somebody hit me again. I can still hear him. <laughs> uh, hopefully it never gets that bad. It's so bad. Uh, that has, has absolutely nothing to do with the message this morning. <laughs> but this story does. There was, there was a, a minister who was strolling along this street full of those uh, beautiful old Victorian style homes, and uh, he saw a little boy about five or six years old who was standing on the porch, and he was jumping up trying to re reach the doorbell, and he wasn't tall enough. He couldn't reach it, and so the pastor walked up, thought he'd help him out, so he walked up on the porch, and he said, how can I help you? And he said, ring that doorbell three times real hard, and so he did, and when he finished, he looked down at the little boy, and he said, now what? The little boy said, now we run like crazy. <laughs> Because you see, you can observe someone's action, but you don't know their motive. Uh, and that's the point I want to talk about this morning, is we can observe uh, what somebody does, but you don't know what's going on in their heart. And, and so our, our outward actions don't always, uh, you know, they don't show what our motives are on the inside. And uh, the, the text that I want to read to you this morning is from the, the Gospel of, of Matthew, chapter 6. Uh, and, and, the, and the scripture is from right in the middle of um, what we call the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is teaching about motive. And um, in, in Jewish religion at that day, there were three things that all good Jewish people did. I mean, you just did this because it was a part of what you did to honor God. Um, you gave money, you prayed, and you fasted. Those are just three things everybody did. And so Jesus takes those three things, and he talks about those three things uh, to, to introduce us to, to this understanding of motive and what motive means. Um, so let me read to you beginning in uh, verse 1 of chapter 6. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. 
So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues or on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let the left hand know what the right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. And then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So um, uh, depending on which version of the Bible you read that in, it's either acts of righteousness or deeds of righteousness. Um, He's talking about the things that we actually do because we're people of faith. And uh, of course, you know, later on uh, in the book of James, James tells us that faith without action is dead. And so Jesus doesn't say, you know, if you do these things, he says, when you do these things, he assumes we're going to, so he says, when you do these things, this is the motive to have as you do them. Now, somewhere along the way, uh, we, we Christians convinced ourselves, too many Christians convinced uh, that the most important thing is that you believe the right thing. And it is important to believe the right thing. But what good does it do to believe the right thing if then we don't act on what we believe? So, so what good does it do to believe that we're supposed to love our neighbor if we don't actually do actions that show love to our neighbor? So Jesus just assumes we're going to be doing these things. So now he wants to talk to us about why we do them, our motive behind doing them. And first of all, I want to correct what is a common misunderstanding. Because people have read this scripture where Jesus says, don't do your acts in front of others to be seen by them. And, um, you know, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And so some people believe that it's wrong to do anything good that you get recognition for. And I just want you to understand that's, that's not a correct understanding of what Jesus said. Jesus, you know, in another place, in the same sermon, Jesus said, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So the point is, you know, some people have misunderstood that and have had the opportunity to do something good, but people would know it was them who did it. And so they said, well, I'm not supposed to do things, you know, so people know. So then they didn't do it. What Jesus said is, when you do it, make sure the reason is not just so people see you and praise you. Make sure your motive is deeper than that, that your motive is so that God gets glory, that people get helped, that your motive is love. So if you're going to do something and there's no way for you to help somebody without them knowing that you help them, by all means, help them. (laughs) That's fine. That's good. Because uh, Jesus isn't saying you shouldn't do anything uh, just because you may get recognized for it. But what he's saying is, what is our attitude? What is our reason for doing it? Do we do it just so people will notice us and say, hey, that's a, he's a great guy? Or, or do we do it because we really love the reason we're doing it and we want to make a difference? And we, and we do it because we love God. So, so our relationship with God is about more than just our outward actions and this is where the Pharisees missed the boat. You know, they thought it was just do these outward things. And Jesus kept saying, no, it's not that you just do them. It's that you do them with the right motive. That your motive is love for God and love for your, your brothers and sisters. That, that's why we do it. And so when we talk about any of the giving or serving or, you know, praying or fasting, it's, it's the motive 
that's important. Now, nobody likes it when the preacher talks about money, especially the preacher. (laughs) Uh, But being generous with our finances is a part of our spiritual growth because God is generous. And our goal is to become more like God. And so if we become more like God, then we become more generous. And so Jesus said that there's some people whose motive for being generous is just to be noticed by others so that people will recognize them and give them, uh, you know, kudos for what they've done. And he said they think that by doing that, that somehow they earn points with God. And Jesus said those folks are, are hypocrites. Because a hypocrite is, is someone who pretends to be something they're not. Technically, the word hypocrite actually means actor. Uh, years ago, there was a t- commercial on TV uh, where this guy said, I'm not really a doctor. I just play one on TV. So you may have seen that. So that's what a hypocrite is. You know, I'm not really a Christian. I just play one on Sunday. You know, that, would, that would be what Jesus was talking about. Now, I'm going to be confessional to you this morning because I struggle with this myself. Not really with money and uh, not really in public, but, but more in, in private. Um, and my confession is this, this is true. When it comes to household responsibilities and chores, I have not always pulled my weight. And that has caused a little tension from time to time So when I wash the dishes or wash the clothes or do some household chore, I like to try to make sure that it's duly noted, you know? (laughs) That it's it's that old philosophical question, if you do a household chore and your wife doesn't see you, did you really do it? (laughs) And since, believe it or not, I make withdrawals from the bank of goodwill from time to time, Uh, Fairly often, actually. So I need to make sure there's some credit in there, you know, to withdraw from. So if this message leads to a conversation on the way home about the division of household responsibilities, men, you can thank me later. (laughs) But what I've learned is that life is better when I'm not worried about who sees what got done. When I just do things out of love, because they need to be done, it really does work out so much better than when I want to be noticed or want to be seen for for what's been done. And that's what Jesus is talking about, is that life is so much better when we just do things out of love and not for other motives. Well, it's that um, time of year here at St. Paul when we start putting together our budget for 2023, and we always give out these commitment cards. And you've probably gotten one in the mail. If you haven't, we can get you one. And we ask people to fill them out to let us know what they plan on committing in the following year so that we can make our budget and know what kind of ministries and things that we're going to be able to do. And a lot of people, you know, a lot of folks don't like filling these out, and and I understand. Uh, For some folks, it's, you know, uh, your income fluctuates, and so you don't feel comfortable putting down some number when you don't really know for sure. For some people, I think it's just pure math, you know. Well, if I give this much a week times 52, I think I'll give once a month and I'll have to multiply by 12. Um, but, but, you know, the, I, I understand some people are uncomfortable doing this, but I, I just want to encourage you, 
if, if you would pray about it and fill it out and get it back to us on uh, October 30th, we want to have a time to bring them to, to the altar and pray over them. Um, because a budget is not just about money. A budget is about ministry and it's about resources and it's about what we want to do in the coming year. Um, and, and so that's why it's, it's important. And, and I just want to say that I believe that we are in an exciting place right now in the life of St. Paul. I really believe that. I mean, I hope you'll also pick up one of these. We, these are kind of St. Paul by the numbers. Um, and you look at the, the people that, that we impact and the, and the things, the ministries that we do. You heard Pastor Pam talking this morning about Jumpstart being off to a great start. Messy Church is off to a great start. Uh, our, soccer, our soccer program is off to a great start. And so all these different ways that we're trying to reach in the community and let people know that God loves them. Uh, there's some great things going on. And, um, you know, with, with the sale of our sanctuary, which was a great sacrifice, our church is now debt-free, which is exciting. Yes, go ahead. For the first time in decades. But, you know, it was, it was a difficult decision. It was a sacrifice. And with the effects of COVID, um, you know, the, 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 the pledges last year were less than they had been. And I understand that too. Because people were concerned about the future of St. Paul. Because we have to make the sacrificial decision. We go through COVID. Your pastor who'd been here for 10 years was transferred somewhere else. And then you heard the rumors that your new pastor was some hillbilly from Alabama <laughs> who used to be a Baptist. God help us. And so some folks were a little worried about the future of St. Paul, and that's okay. I understand that. I get it. But in the words, to paraphrase the words of that great English theologian, Elton John, <laughs> we're still standing. And there's so many opportunities in front of us. And so this morning, I just want to invite you to be a part of what God is doing at St. Paul by giving of your time, of your talents, and your treasure to come join us. And let's do everything that God puts in front of us, every opportunity to reach out in this community and minister to those around us. And I think if we do that, that we will be surprised at what God can do through us. So pray about how you can be involved, not just financially, but serving in every other way to be a part of what God is doing here at St. Paul. So here's the takeaway from these verses we read this morning. Giving is expected if you're a follower of Jesus. It's not if, it's, it's when we give and do good deeds and all of those things. There is nothing wrong with giving money or doing good deeds publicly, okay? So, so kind of get that old way of thinking out of our mind. There's nothing wrong if you get recognition for something you've done, that's fine. Having said that, it's important to have a habit of secret giving as a part of our generosity. I really believe that. I believe every year we ought to find something that we give to anonymously just because it keeps our ego in check and it helps us with our motive. Anonymous giving is like vegetables. They're just good. It's just good for you. You know, you just do it because it's good for you. And God doesn't ask how much we give. He only asks why we give. And we never impress God with amounts. 
But we make God smile when we give with the right motive, which is love. Isn't it funny how every Sunday it all seems to come back to love? (laughs) It's about love. And so our, our relationship with God is not based on our good deeds or how much we give or any of that. But our generosity and our good deeds flow out of our relationship with God. And so this morning, I just wanted to take a moment to invite you in a practical way to come and be a part and continue to be a part of what St. Paul is doing and what God is doing through St. Paul in this community. Amen.